Friday, which means it's almost a weekend, and it also means that I'm going to give you a story about something that happened to me this time here in Jersey. And this is almost a fourfold story of one how I learned to speak Jersey, which was only yesterday. My encounter with a bear, a guy called Henry that earned the nickname fucking Henry, and an explosion. That sounds like I made all that up, right? None of this is made up. This is 100% true. I even have witnesses. This is Flashback Friday, and this is the Moody Irish Guys podcast. Yo, welcome back to Flashback Friday, and it's, well, it's Thursday when I'm recording this, but um, I think I officially learned how to speak Jersey. I, I knew that no matter what happened, I was always going to be different. You know, I was always going to speak differently than most people around here. There was no avoiding that. But I think I finally learned the, the Jersey way of speaking, right? So I'm out walking the dog this morning. And on my way out, the dog is like near somebody's car, right? Now, if you live in a, a neighborhood that's predominantly white, and if it's white Jersey, if you've got a dog, it's everyone's fucking problem all of a sudden. Okay, so it's everybody's business if you have a dog. If I walk past your house at 12 p.m., okay, like, you're not going to look at the window. If I walk past with a dog, there's some weird white people sense. It's like their garden speaks to them. The grass can hear and then transfers that thought to that person's head. There's a dog nearby. He's got a tall Irish guy with him. You better come out. That's like almost as bad as a black person walking past. And then boom, they're at the window when I look. So this morning I, I walked past. There's a, there's a lady coming out of a house, right? And she's like, is she saying some shit to the dude inside the house? I don't know exactly what it is. She's like, nothing in this life is free in her tick jersey accent. And I'm going over, and I guess I'm walking by her car, which is a, a soft top, right? And she says to me, in her weird jersey accent, the haggard old white lady jersey accent, you better not let that dog pee in my car. Right, so I look and I'm like, is she fucking actually talking to me? Have you, have you seen the size of this dog? He can't even reach your fucking wheel. So, I'm not having a good week. Haven't been for quite some time. So I just turned to her and I'm like, fuck yourself, lady. Mind your own fucking business. I ain't worried about your car. And I kind of almost regret saying that because I don't want confrontation. You know, I don't. But it's almost like I didn't even say that to her because she just continued towards her car. So maybe she couldn't understand my accent or something. So I walk my dog a little bit further and my dog, as he does, stops to take a shit. Now I'm taking the bag out of the, the little bag holder on the lead and I'm bending down to pick it up. Right now when your dog shits, all of a sudden every person in the neighborhood is their business. Okay, where my dog shits, whether it's on their property or not. And even if you have a bag in your hand, people feel the desire to remind you of what signposted everywhere to pick the dog shit up. And she, as she's getting into the car on her soft top and she, she points at me and says, you better pick that up. Right? So I actually have it in the bag at this point. Right? And I'm like, and the, the talk goes through my head. I don't do it. I was like, I'm just going to throw it in her car. But I don't do it. But instead, I just respond with, why? You want it? And I hand out this little do dog turd in a bag to her. And she, and she looks at me with the, with the most 
vitriolic look. You know how someone can speak vitriolically? She looked at me in vitriol. I said, why, you want it? Here, you can have it. They say, I don't want, I don't want you to have shit. I said, mind your own fucking business about what my dog does. And in that moment, there was like this moment of clarity. Of like, oh, I finally learned how to talk to people over here. Because some people just lack fucking common decency and respect in this town for some reason. So, other than dog shit being the topic of the week, I, I got a, a, a double whammy in this one. This is two stories. It all take place around Thanksgiving because I didn't get uh, missed the Flashback Friday and I wanted to do this one. And I think Flashback Friday is something that's going to wear out sooner than later. But, like, honestly, I got this story that's quite unbelievable on many fronts. It's a tree layered story. It involves a guy called fucking Henry, a bear, and an explosion. That sounds like a Michael Bay movie, right? But it, it it's really not. This is just something that happened in North Jersey. So I, I go for to... I come here, I should say. I don't go anywhere. I come here for Thanksgiving from Ireland because I never experienced a Thanksgiving. And people were saying, like, it's the greatest thing ever. That and 4th of July. I experienced the 4th of July and it was bullshit. Um... But hey, listen, anything that celebrates independence from from England, I'm down with that. But I go for Thanksgiving, which is this made-up holiday that, you know, we like to say like that it was about mutual respect between Native Americans and Americans, or Native Americans and English people. We all know that's a whole crock of shit when they said like, oh no, they gave us the land. I'm like, yeah, and you gave them fucking smallpox. But um, I I didn't really... I didn't really know what it was about, but I, I, I came over and I'm staying with my partner's mom, mother, mammy, whatever you want to say. And it's in uh, North Jersey. And it's in this very mountainous region. Like it's almost on a plateau before a mountain. And I'm hanging out with my uh, brother-in-law. We're chilling or whatever. Almost every night, you know, I'm chilling with him and we're just hanging out and stuff. But one day in particular, I go with two friends of mine down to a place called Pennsylvania. Well, I went to Pennsylvania, to a place that I can't actually remember the name of. But while I was there, I'm a big video game nerd. So I actually went to this retro game store, right? It was a surprise. They brought me there, two of the sweetest people I've ever met. And I, I was, it was one of those situations where you're so overstimulated by everything there it's like that you know when you're a kid and you're like when i'm older and i get a job i'm gonna buy all the comic books or books or video games or whatever that i ever want and no one's gonna stop me and you make that decision as a child and then completely forget you ever made that decision when you grow up well it was that decision but i was still a child because i walked back into that store and i had seen the video games that were on the shelves when i made that decision in like 1999 or 1998 or something. So I go down there and I almost can't buy anything. But I look through everything. I pour over everything in the store. And it's just about the clothes. And the owner is outside. So I step out for a cigarette. And I'm talking to the owner. And he hears my accent. Which was a lot thicker then than it is now. But he says, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Ireland. He's like, that's pretty cool. I ship to Ireland sometimes. I'm like, awesome. I'm like, it's a great store you got in here. You got everything we're just talking about. Like... All the systems and stuff. And I was like, I always wanted to buy a Dreamcast. But I know they're like, you know, like hen's teeth to find. He says, well, I, I got a bunch inside. I'm like, really? How much? 
say, yeah, for you, 60 bucks. And like 60 bucks for a Dreamcast? I'm like, holy shit. At some point in like 1999, I'd seen the trailer for a Dreamcast. We had a PlayStation 1. We just got a PlayStation 1. And it blew me away. And when I say I seen the trailer for it, I don't mean like I went on YouTube. I mean like I seen it on uh, in black and white on a black and white TV. You know, I didn't know video games were in color for the longest time because the TV that we had was in black and white. And then one day, uh, my dad got a new TV and he he plugged the scared into it and Crash Bandicoot all of a sudden was a was an orgy of color and I was like, oh my god! So I buy this Dreamcast, bring it back, and I buy a bunch of games with it. And it's like 1999 all over again. And when I, actually the fun thing, even when I plug it in now, which has been plugged out for a while, even though I think in the movie it got busted. Um, when I plug it in, it says it's like the the second or the third 1999 is the date that's always on it. It's like well, help flashback. Um, so I'm up with this thing and I, I knock on my buddy's door because he's staying in the same house. And I'm like, dude, is it okay if I if I rig this up in here? Like I don't want to wake herself up. She's asleep. And he's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. So he's like playing whatever. And I plug it in. And I'm like wasted tired. Because I'm playing this thing. Because I, I I feel like I have only a certain amount of time to play this. So I want to play the absolute ass out of it. <clears throat> now where we are is quite dark. It's got a dark street. There's a school right across the street. And there's a, there's a dark street. And there's like two street lights. That light up the whole place. Now directly across the way. Is the neighbor's house. And out, out the front of his garden, he's got like uh, trash bags or, you know, as we say back home, bin bags, bin liners, trash liners, whatever you want to call them. Now, these black, if you've never seen one, I don't know why you wouldn't have, but like if you've never seen them. They're these black plastic bags and you fill them up and then, you know, you throw them wherever. But in this case, he had them thrown on the side of the road. And every time I passed, I know this seems inconsequential, but there is a point to this. Every time I pass the light from the street light would kind of like shine across it as it passed, right? And it stank. It was really bad. But every night I'd walk down to the 7-Eleven and get a coffee, right? Because if you've never been to a 7-Eleven, they got some really good coffee and they're open 24-7. And me as a night owl, at that time, I was like all down for that. So this night in particular, I'm like half asleep, half awake. Like my eyes are hanging out of my head. And like the dog needs to go out and I want to go to the 7-Eleven, wake myself up a little bit. It's about 1, no, it's not, it's not either, it's about 12 a.m. Or sorry, 12 p.m. Yeah, midnight, right? I walk out and I walk outside the door. Now, when I go out this door, it's a typical old lady door. It's got a plastic, it's got, first it's got the wooden door. Then it's got the plastic door the little door that comes in front of the door i guess to protect it from weather and then the very last one is this fly net door which is a tread mesh that keeps flies out you sometimes you see them on windows and stuff so i open all them i go out again that seems inconsequential it's not because it's related to the dumbest decision i've ever made in my life i walk out into the middle of the road and just where the white line is in the road my dog says acting funny, but prior to that, I'm looking at the bin liners across the street and I'm like, wow, he managed to fill up another bin liner and it's massive, right? It's so big. 
And why I see a bin liner is because it's about the size of a car. It's huge. And I'm like, that must be like an industrial sized one. I'm thinking as I'm walking down the steps across the road. And I'm looking and the light is like shining over it like it does with the rest of the bags. But there's something slightly different about it. And I can't quite put my finger on what. So I get to the middle of the road and all of a sudden I stop because the dog starts kind of growling. And then the bags are moving. I'm like, it's a fucking possum I seen the other day. If you don't know, a possum is a weird looking fucking thing to meet in the middle of the night. Okay. I've seen one a bunch of times. I thought they were wolverines at one point, you know. Or badgers because we have badgers back home. But like then I realized, okay, so American badgers are basically wolverines. Which is weird because like, does that mean they have superpowers? Did a heal or something? Like the like Wolverine from the X-Men? Turns out nothing to do with it whatsoever. So I think it's like one of these small rodents underneath these bags. Because the bags are moving, right? Or a big rat. So I kind of catch my curiosity. So I kind of go a little bit further. And then they move again. But all of a sudden, the biggest black industrial sized bin liner that I couldn't quite describe of why it was a little bit uncanny compared to the rest stands fucking up starts moving and i'm like shit what is that and all of a sudden i seen the most terrifying thing i've ever seen in my life and it stood up on its back legs and it was like seven foot fucking tall there's an expression that people like to say you know i shit myself okay so I never really understood, like, why, if you're scared, would you actually shit until this moment? And it, I, it stank so bad and it breathed so fucking heavy that I could smell its breath. And on two back legs stood a, the biggest fucking black bear I've ever seen in my life. And he's less than, a, he's about three, four foot away from me right now. I'm staring right at him. And I have the dog on the lead that I'm now gripping. And he's looking down his nose at me, wondering what the fuck, what, what is wrong with this snack that has just walked towards me? I fucking shit the place. And when I say I shit myself, like I was so close to shitting myself. When you get that kind of fear, it's not like any other kind of fear that you can brace yourself from. It's a kind of fear that you can't brace yourself for. You're not inside your head to deal with something of this magnitude. Because my asshole done this weird thing where it started winking. Okay? It's it, like if it was like to picture winking with your eye, my butthole was doing that. I want to run. I want to scream. I want to do a whole bunch of things. But I don't. Now, the reason being that I don't, because a lot of people say, oh no, when something happens, you gotta lay down, pretend you're dead, or you gotta run the opposite direction, or you gotta run at it, that was scary and weird, just make a whole bunch of noise, and that, right, you try fucking doing that when you're looking one right in the fucking eye, right? I don't give a fuck who you are. You try do that. My legs weren't working. The part of my knee that bends just gave up on me. That wasn't working anymore. I hobbled back inside like someone with two stilt legs. I wanted to run, but I couldn't. That just wasn't happening. So I just go up the stairs, bit by bit, bring the dog with me. This this thing is still staring at me. It's burned a hole in the back of my head. And I feel like I didn't want to make eye contact with it, just in case. Because it felt like a civil encounter. Like I had just witnessed somebody murder somebody. You know what I mean? Like I had just witnessed somebody like do something bad. And then I walked away from it. And I didn't want them to know that I'd seen them. 
That's what it felt like. I didn't want to look at the bear. So I go back inside. I put the dog in first because I'm chivalrous like that. I close and lock all the doors. But here's the part where I've done the stupidest thing I've ever fucking done in my life. Promise you, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. I closed all the doors, but on my way through each of these doors, the net door, I locked. I locked the door with a fly net on it. Like for like that's gonna make any fucking difference to a bear if he wants to eat me. I lock every door. The main door wouldn't have made a shit of a difference, but I locked that too. But I locked the fucking fly door. That little tread mesh. It's not like the bear's gonna come up to that door, think it's glass, put his head towards it and get a bit of pushback and say, Oh, oh no, no, I can't go through this. No, I, I really can't go through this. I, I'm not going I'm gonna leave that fool walk away. No, he's not gonna fucking do that. He's going to go right through that thing. But I stand back and people are there. And they're like, what's, what's wrong with you? You look really white. And the words are not working. Right. I mean, they're really, really not working. And I'm trying to say the word bear. But instead, I say half of the alphabet in one go. And I say, literally like a cartoon. People are trying to get to the window. And I'm like, no, go away. Get away from the window. Like, again. Like it's going to make any difference. I ran back upstairs. Eventually he sauntered away. Because I disturbed his foraging. I looked at that window though. Later that night. To see was he there. Because I needed to go down and get cigarettes. At this point. And unfortunately addictions are horrible things. That will make you do dumb shit. Like try and walk by a place. That's known to have a beer in it. Oh, I went down to 7-Eleven. I get my smokes. Like three, four hours later. When I don't see the bear. And on my way back up. I see him again. And he's up at like a school. And he just stops for a second. Because he sees me moving. At which point I stop. And he goes back to rooting through this trash can. He was knocking over trash cans. The whole way. Through this little row of houses. Right. Just knocking them over. Then I realized he was looking for chocolate. At like. 12. And like at this point it's like 3 a.m. He's just scrounging for snacks. And he wants sugar. He's probably going to go back to wherever. Wherever he was staying. With all these little snacks. Eat them. And then go to sleep for. Until about like. I don't know. Noon the next day. That thought stayed with me. That he walked. Through that whole. Place. Like he owned the fucking thing. He didn't care about me. He didn't care about the cars. He didn't care about anything. He didn't care about anything else. Because he's a fucking bear. I went home with that thought, you know, with that thought and a 7-Eleven bag full of baby roots and any other kind of candy I could find along with a coffee and a packet of cigarettes. And I, and I sat to myself and I thought with my mind absolutely clear to fear, aside from being big and imposing, there wasn't much difference between this bear, we both want, between me and the bear. We both wanted snacks really late at night. We weren't going to wake up at noon. We both kind of stank. We were hairy. And you could find us rooting through the trash sometimes. You know, I felt, I felt a real kinship. So like I said, this is a threefold story. Or almost fourfold now that I get it. Now that I think about it. 7-Eleven. <laughs> Me and my buddy Mike, it was our favorite thing for the longest time. 
when we were both immature kids. You know, I had a job that I was on vacation from, or holidays, if you're back home listening to this. And he had this kind of on and off job. So we both used to stay up late and talk about girls and stuff, you know, and games and like other things that we debate about that realistically neither of us were actually educated enough to talk about, right? But we, we, we did. We shot the shit and we had like a really good time. And I did it solo for a while because I wasn't that close with him. Now we're basically brothers. But at one point when I got the Dreamcast. And I got up in his room because I didn't want to wake anybody in the other room. He, um, you know, we hung out, we talked video games and stuff. And then he realized I had this, like, encyclopedic knowledge of video games. And we talked shit for a while. And he liked 7-Eleven trips as well, right? But I, I walked. He had a pair of wheels and he drove them. Now, it was like a two-minute walk. It was like 30-second drive. It actually took longer to drive because he'd have to go... Start up his car, let it because you know he's a mechanic, he understands his car. You, you know, you gotta let it warm up for like two minutes. And then, normally, what you do, I go out and smoke a cigarette and wait for him while he's upstairs taking a shit, which would usually take about 16 minutes and counting. So, a 30 second trip or a two minute walk was way longer with this guy. Well, he gets snacky at midnight, like, like I would, you know, you go down and get like a coffee or you know, a burger or whatever. And the guy that I used to work in the 7-Eleven, I had met, like, on and off at night time. And he was a cheery dude. He'd, like, talk and stuff. He was, like, he was, like, Jersey dumb. That's the only way to describe it. Like, he was just, there's a certain kind of dumb and it exists entirely in New Jersey. You know, like, people say, like, you know, dumb Americans. It's not quite that dumb, right? It's not, like, middle America dumb. You know, it's just, like, totally uneducated. Dumb. It's, like, Slightly educated, slightly dumb. You can't quite put your finger on what's wrong with this guy. I'd met him a couple of times, but I'd never gotten close with him. But his name is Henry, right? By the end of the story, or the end of the saga of me and Mike going down there, he became known as fucking Henry. Okay, and that became his title. If I had his his name on my phone, it would be fucking Henry, Right? So for the few times that I talked to this guy, he was, <clears throat> I won't say polite, I want, he wasn't like overly polite, right, but I'd go in and get whatever, you know, like, I don't know, bar of chocolate, coffee, he'd be like, hey man, what's up, I'd be like, hey dude, uh, can I get a box of whatever cigarettes I would smoke, he's like, sure man, he put it there, and he's, we'd talk, like, very, like, on and off, and I'd leave, I'd go back up to the house or whatever again two minute walk up but i come down with my buddy mike and mike already knows him because he's been doing the 7-eleven trips a lot longer than i have and he comes in and the dude usually just for me anyway would just nod his head right and just say hey man what's up i'd be like hey what's up go about my business get my shit and get the fuck out right but mike because every place that mike goes as soon as he gets through that door Everybody needs to know in that store that fucking Mike is there because he screams, Yo, what's up? In the typical Jersey style that you hear somebody go, Yo, what's up? And then 
everybody turns and goes, yo, what's up, Mike? Hey, Mike, 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 Mike. It goes around, right? I'm not that kind of outward person. I don't feel the need to tell people that I'm there, you know, but Mike fucking does. Uh, we went for bagels once, and he comes in, he says, yo, what's up? And everyone goes, hey, Mike, what's happening? With kind of like a semi jaded tone in their voice that where they're kind of like i'm happy to see this guy and then some people are kind of like this fucking guy again and he screams the top of his lungs while we're in getting bagels now bear in mind i just want to go in and get my bagel and fuck off home not this guy nope he needs to come in let everyone know he's there and then show everybody up so he's like yo what's up everybody what's up then he goes yo anyone buy you breakfast yet bro and then he's saying no man nobody bought me breakfast i'm gonna buy you breakfast and he throws a 20 down they buy all these guys breakfast. Now, they work in a bagel place, so I don't understand that. Like, they can get breakfast whenever they want. They probably start really early, so, Mike, you're probably, like, six hours too late to buy them breakfast. But, you know, whatever keeps this guy happy. You know, I'm I'm happy that he's happy. I just wish he didn't drag me into this thing. So, now, I feel like I have to buy everybody breakfast when I come in there. I don't want to. I don't even know these people. Maybe he went to school with them. I don't know. It's a small little fucking town. Maybe he fucked their sister. I don't know, right? So he buys everybody breakfast and things like that. So he's that kind of guy, really outward, really well, uh, like, I, don't, I don't want to say well-spoken as much as he is just fucking loud. And so he comes down and he does the typical thing when he goes into the store where he already knows everybody's name, right? So he gets out, out of the car. We both go in. I go in first and I just make a beeline for the coffee to go get my coffee. I look at the dude, I nod, I say, what's up, man? He says, what's up, as we've done 10 times prior. Mike comes in, he's like, yo, Henry, what's happening, man? And he's like, yo, Mike, what's up, bro? They start shooting the shit, right? And then all of a sudden, he does that thing that he always fucking does where he drags me into it, okay? So I just want to go in and get my coffee and go fucking home. Like, I don't want to talk to this guy. Now, not that I don't want to talk to this guy, like, I don't think he's a nice guy. I just, I just don't like people. I don't like social interaction. That's why I have a podcast where I talk to you and you don't talk back to me, right? Because I don't care, right? So he's like, yo, what's up? And they're, they're like talking shit and stuff. <laughs> I'm attracted to a certain kind of person, okay? And when I say attracted, I mean sexually. But yeah, kind of sexually too. And anyone that says something so provocative and weird, I immediately want to know, know more. So I think he said... Because memory's kind of fading now. That's kind of why I want to tell the story in the podcast before it fades completely. Uh, he he says something along the lines of like, yo, man, I told you all that stuff about my problems with like dope. Or shit I used to do for dope. That immediately pricks up my, my, my ears. And I'm like, tell me more. So I say, why? Why do you used to do? He's like, dude, I stole a school bus once to go and get my shit. I'm like, Really? I have a feeling me and you are going to be fast friends. So we kind of come and go for the next couple of nights. But as it goes on, you know, this this guy, Henry, is telling me that um, he works this other job. This is like an epidemic in America on a serious note where people work two or three jobs and it's killing them. And they somehow feel like they have to do that. Right. You fucking don't. You should just have one job and that should be it. Maybe I'm from Europe and I'm lazy. I don't fucking know. But so he's got like two jobs and he's like, I, I'm like, when do you sleep? Because he's describing, I'm like, you work nights here, you work days there. At what point do you sleep? He's like, you know, I sleep for like three hours in the morning. I'm like, shit, dude, that, that's fucking sad. So I feel kind of bad for him, you know, he got a bunch of kids and shit. I come in there one morning and 
when I see Henry was a small dude. He wasn't a big guy. He was small. He was like five five with heels on, right? Small guy, real small frame too. And you know, typical ex dope addict, like you know, kind of a little bit emaciated. You know, teeth not that great. Kind of attention span, very very little. We're talking about something, cause now I'm best friends with this guy, cause Mike is best friends with this guy. I come into the store, and normally when I used to come in, I used to, just, you know, the, the hey man, hey man, whatever. I come in, he's like, yo, what's up? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I'm like, what's up, Henry? What's happening, man? He's like, yo, where's Mike at today? I'm like, I don't fucking know, sleeping, probably like a normal person. And I'm so, and this is the point where I'm asking him, I'm like, wait, so when do you sleep? Because he tells me that he does these jobs. I'm like, I got five kids, man. And I'm like, fuck. What the hell? You know, you got five kids? and like This guy doesn't look that old, you know? And I'd say this to... <laughs> I say this to Mike later, and he's like, yep, those fucking tweakers, they like to fuck, man. <laughs> I'm like, maybe that could be true. So, later on... Or, sorry, at, the, at that point, there's a woman walking through the store, okay? Now, I don't want to say anything bad about her, but she's... A good head and shoulders and titties above Henry's head, right? And he's like, yeah, man, I got kids with our five fucking kids and an ex-wife. And I'm like, shit, well, you know, I hope that ain't too bad for you. And he's like, man, she's such a bitch. I'm like, all right, well, you know, that kind of sucks. And he's like, yeah, that's her over there. Now, I know this area is a small area. It's a small town and shit. I come from a small town. <laughs> but I didn't think, like... The woman that he's talking about was right over there. So this lady, I'm like, how the... You ever see, like, a... You know those little sausage dogs? Or that dachshund? And then you got, like, a, a golden retriever. Right? And you, and then they have, like, a puppy. And you're like, how the fuck did that work? That's how I felt about this. It was like, how the fuck did Henry manage to fuck this bitch? Like, I feel like he would not honor me. You know, that's as far as he up that he'd get whatever i'm like dude this guy's a trip so go back up next time we come down things change this is where things start changing it's same thing mike takes his shit takes 25 minutes i wait outside smoke two cigarettes we head on down mike's got the snackies and he's looking for a burger right i guess henry must have been fucking tired because we go into the store and mike is like yo Henry, and he's like, yo, Mike, what's up? The usual thing. And I'm like, oh, kill me now. So I'm going through, and I'm actually getting something for the day after. So I just pick up what's there. And Mike is like, yo, hook me up with one of them burgers, man. Now, 7-Eleven burgers, I don't recommend eating these things. Because they are there for a really, really long time. Okay, like, they're there all day. But there wasn't one there, so... Normally, what they do is they get one from, I guess, from the back or from one of the others or something, heat it up, hand it out to you. And he's like, and Henry's like, oh, bro, I gotta go get it out of the package, heat it up. It's gonna take forever, man. Here, why don't you just get a sandwich or something? So Mike is like, kind of, he's like, no, like, I asked you to make, make me a burger, make me a fucking burger, dude. So this continues. And Mike ends up not getting his burger. He gets, like, something else instead. Right? And Henry's really had to piss him off. But Henry's, you know, like, too friendly with us. Right? 
Or I'm like, I go out for a smoke because I'm waiting for Mike to get finished up with his bitch and a Henry. And but Mike's getting quite aggravated. He's like, yo, make me a fucking burger. That's your job. He's like, ah, bro, but I got to go back. I got to do this. I got to do that. And Henry's like not getting the customer, you know, customer service person relationship too well, which I'm kind of like, I'm going to remove myself from the situation, but I'm going to like watch it and enjoy it. Okay. So... I'm outside, and I'm like, I can't hear anymore, right, I, I can't exactly hear what's going on, but I, I can hear Mike getting pretty pissed about it, right, I go out for a, a cigarette, and I, I guess because Mike was so stressed, like, dude, give me a smoke, so I give him a smoke, on comes Henry around the side to go out for a smoke with us, because apparently we're best friends now, still not getting that he, you know, you have to piss Mike off. So the dude is like talking or whatever and Mike's kind of biting his tongue, you know, but he's, you know, we're, you know, civilly like getting along. He's telling us these stories. I tell him a couple of stories, whatever. Me and Mike get back in the car and he's like, fucking Henry, man. Fucking Henry. This was the, the conception of his new title of fucking Henry. We go home. A couple of nights pass. We still have the back and forth where I go get whatever and. Whatever. But this night in particular was when Mike completely fucking lost it. I mean completely fucking lost it. We go down and we're looking for coffee. And we're looking for that good 7-Eleven coffee that's been stewing all day. I don't know what it is about coffee, but the longer you leave it stew, not percolate, just leave it stew. It just gets stronger. I think it's because all the sediment goes to the bottom. If you've ever been in getting a 7-Eleven coffee... The tap comes from the bottle of this big vat of coffee that they have. And there's like nine of them, right? There's nine different flavors, different coffees, different strengths. But when you get to, if you go really late at night when they've been filled all day, you can you can get the really good shit. Like you can get really good flavorful coffee. So Mike's got a hankering for that. And I kind of do too. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Let's go get coffee. And this is early enough. And I'm like, let's filibuster it. Let's stay up all night. Let's do our shit, go to sleep in the morning, and we do it again the next night. And we had this thing back and forth for a while, and it was a lot of fun. But we go down, and typical thing where, but Mike is like less enthused. He's not coming in screaming, yo, Henry, what's up, bro? He's coming in like, hey, Henry. And But Henry is still enthused. He's like, yo, Mike, what's up, bro? And every time we come in there, or every time I go in there, he gets more excited. You know, I guess it's kind of like a dead-end job. And when you work the night shift, you get excited when you see people. Because I work, you know, like night shift jobs. You do kind of get excited. You end up kind of being a weird person. Because you don't get a whole pile of social interaction during the day. So, I come in, he's like, yo, Mike, what's up? And we're like, yo, Henry, what's up? And then Mike is like, hey, Henry. <laughs> he's like, so we go over to get coffee, and me and Mike are talking. And we're both, like bums like he's in his pajamas and i'm in like i don't know like a hoodie that's too big for me and i'm like i kind of feel a blueberry coffee today so i fill up the blueberry coffee it's good mike goes to fill the regular coffee and the the vat is empty right so he calls henry over he's like henry i need you to fill up the vat and henry does the thing that he's always like, he's like oh bro i don't think i can do that man and he's making up these excuses right and Mike's getting really, he's like, Henry, fill up the fucking vat and want a coffee. And he's like, bro, I can't fill up the vat. And he's like, this still got some stuff in it, though. He's like, yeah, it's it's just the shit at the end. 
And he's like, Let, let's open up the other one. So he, he opens up one, and there's like nothing in it. He opens up the next one, and there's like a small bit in it, right? Now, preface to this. We come in, and Henry's sniffling and shit, and he says that he's sick, right? And he looks sick. And we kind of feel bad for him. We're like, oh, shit, Henry, whatever. Henry opens up the second vat, right? Shit, you not the soy dust, right? He opens up the second vat, and he's like, look, this one's got something in it. And then Mike's like, cool. Henry then takes his finger. No, sorry. Let me reface that. He opens up the second vat, and Mike is like, that's not the coffee milk, but I want this coffee. He's like, no, this one's good too, man. And I guess Mike had kind of said, all right, look, at this point, I'll just get that coffee, whatever. Before he can even do that and say that, Henry gets his finger. He says, no, look, man, it's good. And he sticks his finger in the coffee, takes his finger back out, sucks his finger and says, see, it's good. This guy's already sick. He sticks his finger in the coffee and then this Mike just completely loses it, right? He completely loses his shit. And he said, Henry, you're fucking sick. You stuck your fucking finger in the coffee. He completely loses it 100%. And I'm just, I'm at another part that I see this. I walk away because I'm like, this is too funny. And I'm like looking at the Cheetos and things like trying not to laugh out loud. And then Henry's like, he's like, nah, man, it's all good, man. It's all good. And then Mike is like, Henry, you, what are you talking about? You just stuck your finger in the fucking coffee and you're sick you sick bastard right henry's like nah it's all good man so he completely like dismisses what he just done right this time mike goes out and henry calls and he just gets in the fucking car he's like give me a fucking cigarette and he's like fucking henry man fucking henry so the whole way back up the road he's like fucking tweaker fucking henry and he was really, really sympathetic to henry in the beginning and then he became fucking Henry the little tweaker. Henry was like a small white guy. Okay. Like tiny. But I think Henry's trouble came with like he imitated how people spoke. Right. And he got, he got along with people. It's not that he didn't. Right. So he's his ex tweaker I guess. Um, but he, he'd imitate how people talk. Right. This is the last part of the story. This is the explosion. I have to do other things around Jersey. So, you know, I go around Jersey and I have this terrifying, crippling fear of nuclear weapons or of an actual nuclear detonation. Anyone who knows me like super personally knows that I'm terrified of this. Um, and I'm also terrified of something else called air raid sirens. Okay. If you've never heard an air, air raid siren, like Google it on YouTube or something and just listen to it. Because as soon as I hear it, it's like someone's driving a nail into my chest. Like I completely freeze up and I become so defensive of when when that noise happens, it becomes so defensive that anybody who speaks to me, I just tell them to fuck off. Like, it, it, like immediately. I, I don't know if anyone believes this because I, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure on it either but apparently there's a thing called genetic memory right where there's like traumatic experiences that your your grandparents would have had that travels to you through genetic memory um it's one of the reasons that human beings love fire or where they feel safe and comfort around fire is because when they were like cavemen or homo sapiens or whatever 
when they sat around the fire after they you know figured the fire out it would keep the predators at bay so they could sleep there and not worry about predators and so so there was this homeliness around fire that's why people become obsessed with fire and i think like that's kind of where arsonists come from in that part of our you know history it's really kind of interesting you can google it and stuff but my grandfather had been in world war Two, and he had uh, presuming he had seen detonations at the time i don't know if they were entirely nuclear i had heard that there, that he had seen one i'm not certain about it though because he's like one of those guys who's like a really murky you know history he didn't talk about it much but i've heard a bunch of kind of contradicting stories but he obviously heard air raid sirens during ww2 so every time I, I often wonder is that is that trauma has that been passed to me or is it just something completely separate interesting story right why that matters is because up there in that part of Jersey in the boonies, it's forested mountainous area, like it said, but they have a fire station there. And the weird thing with the fire station is the alarm for the fire station or the fire alarm or whatever the fuck it's called is an air raid siren. Every time I hear the first time I heard it, I ran upstairs. It was during Christmas and Christmas festivities going on. And then the weird Irish guy gets up, leaves, runs upstairs and hides underneath the bed. Why did I do it? I don't know. I presume that I had just heard, you know, an air raid siren, which means there's a nuke on the way. You know, there's a nuclear detonation on the way. Um, So I've been massively terrified. And every time I heard it, I would freak the fuck out. Uh, so anyway, we can continue the story. We're on our way down south from where this place is. We just land where we're going. We're driving. We're not flying a plane. And then the phone starts like buzzing, like going off. Two people are ringing us at one time. And they're like, are you guys okay? And we're like, yeah, why? Because there's something after happening up here. We just heard a big explosion. Was, windows are blown in. The place is rattling. Immediately, I go pale and coming out. I got a cold sweat. I'm like, oh no, it's after happening. Now, logically... If I was to use my logic and not my anxiety, it would just be some random explosion that could have happened in any. But it's just straight away. I'm like, oh, no, Russia's had enough of us. At the time, it was Russia. It wasn't China. Um, Russia's had enough of us. They're going to blow us up. And they're like, no, like, it, you know, we're all fine. The windows shook, though. So we're like, wow. So it turned out there was a big... Uh, gas explosion at a house that leveled the house now t everyone's okay nobody got hurted the family were actually out at the time when it happened even the pets were okay thank god suspiciously okay um i'm not gonna get into that because like if you really care that much just you know google this uh sussex county explosion go back to like 2018 um so i'm we go back up and i'm back with mike and stuff and the whole time we're doing these 7-Eleven trips, there's this old, like, no, he didn't look older, right? There's this black dude that was doing the deliveries to the 7-Eleven, right? Really nice guy, but really low-spoken. Like, I don't mean low-spoken, I mean, like, he was very quiet, very con kind of conservative in that, how he spoke, but a, really, a genuinely nice soul. And he said something to me that actually really warmed my heart, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I had seen him a couple of times and I, I never had a conversation with him, right? But we got down this night in particular, me and, me and Mike. And 
we kind of gotten over the whole fucking Henry thing, but he was still known as fucking Henry. And when we went in, it went from, you know, yo, Henry, what's up? What's up, Mike? To uh, Henry going, what's up, Mike? To, you know, Mike going, fuck off, Henry. <laughs> you know? Getting her shit and leaving. But at this, at this, after this post-explosion, and we're kind of just shooting shit about it with Henry, right? The truck driver comes in. And he comes in, he's like, you know, hey, what's up? And then Mike turns around, because he's a charismatic guy, he's like, yo, did you hear about the explosion? And he's like, what explosion? And so he's like, explain what happened. And he's like, and the, the guy kind of comes out of his kind of conserved shell a little bit, right? And he's like, yo, it happened like that? Now, I'm not going to imitate a black guy's voice, right? But this is what he said, right? And there's a point to this, right? Henry gets excited by what's happening, right? If you're having a conversation, he gets excited, but he also says what you say, right? He, or he speaks to you in whatever dialect you kind of speak to him in. He's like one of those guys. I know that's kind of hard to comprehend, but it, it'll make sense. So the dude is like, yo, what happened? And, you know, Mike's like, there's, there's a gas explosion. He's like, it blew up. And he's like, it blew up. And then Henry's like, he's almost like an emphasizer. You know, you ever see like an emphasizer on stage who repeats what the other person says? He's like, it blew up. And then Mike says, yeah, it blew up. And then Henry's like, yo, it blew up. Right. So then the black guy is like, shit, it blew up. And he's like, whoa. And then Mike goes, yeah, it blew all the windows out of the school. And then Henry goes, yo, it blew all, it blew all of them windows out of that school. Like pop, 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 pop. And he's jumping up and down while he's saying it. The truck driver is then like, shit, man, what the fuck, right? And he does his little spin thing. And Henry's like, what the fuck? And then we realize, like, Henry's like now jumping around the shop, right? And this truck driver's talking to us and he gets to know all three of us. He's like, Henry, what's up? He's like, Mike, what's happening, man? He turns around to me and he said, yo, what's up, bro? He's like, I say, hey, man, what's up? I was like, and at some point I said, Something kind of, he said he'd been driving since 6 that morning. It was like 12 that night. I said, you know what the whole most unbelievable part of this story is? And he said, he said what? I was like, you've been driving since 6 this morning? He's like, yeah, I do it, man. He's like, I'm 64. I'm like, you're 64? He's like, yeah, I'm 64. I'm like, this guy looked like, I'm trying to think of the, the like a really skinny version of, um, not, not a skinny version, but like a, a thinner build of Ving Rains, right? Really good looking black dude. Had a perfectly trimmed mustache and an earring, right? And his uniform was absolutely immaculate. Okay, and I mean 100% immaculate, right? And like, you're 64. He looked like 23 at most. I said at the time, I think I was 25 or something like that. I was like, I'm 25. I look older than you. I was like, it's true. Black don't crack. So he started laughing. He's like, where are you from, man? You don't sound like you're from around here. I said, I'm from Ireland, right? And the dude caught, dude caught my hand and he and he put it in and he said, that's it, man, my brother from Ireland. Right? And I thought that, that's the most heartwarming fucking thing that I ever heard. But meanwhile, me and this dude are having this, this like, talk, right? But someone I don't know that just called me his brother from Ireland, which is really heartwarming. Mike is now leaving the store. <laughs> I look back. Henry's, like, standing on the counter Still emphasizing the the fact that there was this big explosion, and he, and he's talking to the air going, it was like pop pop pop, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? 
I go out and be and Mike just both relent. Fucking Henry. So some time passes. I go back home and stuff. And I often wonder what happened to Henry. And I still kind of do. I wonder where that guy is right now. But I, he did lose a job. Because the delivery came. And his boss found out that every night. Henry would go into the storeroom. And go to sleep for three or four hours. <laughs> So he lost his job. I don't know where the guy is now. But that's the story of the explosion. Fucking Henry. But a good flashback Friday. Even though it's Thursday. It'll be posted tomorrow. I uh, hope you all have a good day. Hope you enjoyed the story about fucking Henry. And we'll see you again next week. I hope you enjoyed that story of fucking Henry. And yep, it's all true. Every single bit of it. None of that is made up. And frankly, it was definitely one of the most eye-opening Jersey experiences. Because I've always said, you turn the right corner in Jersey, or you go to the right place, you can find anything. Literally anything. I've seen some of the weirdest things in my life, probably right here in this weird state. So have a good weekend, everyone. We'll be right back next week. Well, hopefully with our interview podcast but if the interview podcast isn't there i'm actually going to do a podcast on podcasts where i'm going to walk you through how to do a podcast and how to do one specifically here on anchor there's a lot of help with that but for anyone who's curious because i know a lot of you guys are curious to how i do it it's really easy okay you don't need all you need the most important thing that you need is a bit of charisma everything else is just piss easy to put, it, to put it lightly. So have a great weekend and stay moody and I'll see you all again on Wednesday.